This is Jerry Bingham, host of Hush Loudly on WGN+. My, my sweet spot was really in facilitation. I'm not the person who likes to be the center of attention. I can certainly comfortably, you know, speak with lots of people, stand up in front of a group and talk and facilitate if it's not about me. And I think that reading the room, having our intuitive side, observing, listening, and watching, and very sensitive to those touch points, really helped me in those situations. If I leave here tomorrow. Hi, Chicago. This is Belinda Johnson Bernard, and you're listening to Hush Dudley on WGN. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Hush Loudly. I'm excited to introduce you to another very interesting, lovely introvert. Her name is Belinda Johnson Bernard, and I'm going to read a little bit about her. She is an executive coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. She's founder principal of Beyond the Byline, a personal branding and career consulting agency where she works with an amazing clientele of A-listers, helping them land their dream roles while she is living hers. In 2012, Belinda stepped out of her conventional life and designed a personal lifestyle and boutique consultancy that allows her to work from anywhere in the world, which we're going to talk about. Today, you'll find her living in one of Chicago's 77 neighborhoods. Over the past eight years, Belinda has been living sans zip code across the social and cultural landscape of the United States from the deep south of Selma, Alabama, and the hollers of West. Virginia's Appalachian Mountains to iconic homes in Santa Barbara, Martha's Vineyard, Brooklyn, and Rittenhouse Square in Philadelphia. Wherever she drops her suitcase, she lives 100% like a local, 365 days a year in the peer-to-peer and resource-sharing spaces such as Destination House and Pet Sitting, Airbnb, Couch Surfing, and International Living Communities. In her professional life, she's an executive coach, advisor, and writer for industry leaders across omni-channel retail, fashion, beauty, CPG, luxury, and media markets. She's best known for her expertise in career pivot, social media, job search strategy, and personal branding and positioning. She holds her PHR, her National Certification in Professional Human Resources from HCRI, along with an undergrad degree in organizational psychology, professional certifications in coaching and training and development, a graduate degree in advanced technology education, and has completed extensive research and study in the areas of distance learning and online social community. Belinda is a top-rated consultant on LinkedIn ProFinders, and her voice has been featured across LinkedIn's network. In 2017, she was awarded as LinkedIn's Small Business of the Year. Welcome, Belinda, to Hush Loudly. Well, thank you, Jerry. It's such an honor to be on your show. (laughs) I'm so excited (laughs) to talk to you, my friend. Thank you. Okay, so, Belinda, are you an introvert? Yes, I am, Jerry, a tried and true introvert. You know, I was listening to you know your introduction, and 
I feel like you should introduce everyone. That is my life coming from your from your words um, mm-hmm. and your language and your style of, of speaking is just overwhelming. Thank oh, wow. you so much. Well, thank um, you. You know, I am an introvert, and I am one of those people, and I think you had someone on your show not too long ago, a gregarious introvert. Yes. And I could really relate to him because I'm one of those introverts that a lot of people, when I say I'm an introvert, they they really question it. And I've also, also come out on the scale, depending on what test I take, as an extrovert. Okay. So do you remember or how do you come out on Myers-Briggs? Myers-Briggs, I'm an INFP. Okay, that's me. Now. Mm-hmm. Today. Right, you're in, right today. So okay. Sometimes you Right. In the, you know, I would say maybe like 20 years ago, I would have been maybe on the fence, depending on kind of what setting, what role I was working in at the time. Because I, I do have a very extroverted side to me, and I tend to fit in well in that, in that social group. And, you know, I mean, answering those questions sometimes depends on our mood. Yeah, that day. So I'm <laughs> curious about, so how do you fit in with extroverts and how do you fit in with introverts or how does that work for you? Sure, sure. You know, I also, I have to say, I also identify, as you know, as an HSP, mm-hmm. a highly sensitive person mm-hmm. um, and and a high sensation-seeking person within that category. So there's a little bit of a crossover, and and I somewhat I feel that is kind of where the questioning of my personality type comes in. I am a true introvert in terms of where I get my energy. It is not from externally from other people, and I love being by myself on my own. I do much better one on one or a small group, you know, two three people. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I'm completely drained. And I have a lot of problems in, you know, social situations that are too loud, too bright, too noisy, all of, you know, too much going on. Um, and I rarely go into those settings. So I am a true introvert in, in, in that way. Where I found, like, in, in the past, in, in my former life, I'll, I'll say it that way, um, in terms of extroversion, my, my sweet spot was really in facilitation. I'm not the person who likes to be the center of attention. I'm, I'm very good. I, I can certainly comfortably, you know, speak with lots of people, stand up in front of a group and talk and facilitate if it's not about me, if it's about other people. And I think that reading the room, you know, being able to, you know, being, having our intuitive side, right? Where, where we're observing, listening and, and watching and very, very sensitive to those touch points really helped me in those situations. I was able to change things up within groups. Um, you know, the majority of my career has been spent in training and development, face-to-face and then, of course, online. Mm-hmm. But I can, you know, it, it's been really helpful as an introvert to be able to bring those touch points, you know, in, into those, those settings and, and be able, and I think that is kind of where that intersection is for me. Okay. I wonder if you, for our listeners who don't know what an HSP or an HSS is, yes. I was not familiar with HSS, a high sensation seeking person. That term, 
until you mm-hmm. describe it to me, because I have a very good friend, Elaine, who is absolutely an HSS, but she is an extrovert, <laughs> and I want you two to meet, but she lives her life like mm-hmm. you do. But can you explain for our listeners what a, a high-sensation-seeking person is and what a HSP, highly sensitive person, is? Oh, absolutely. And that's interesting. I'll get back to that in terms of your friend being an extrovert because that's very rare, you know, to, to be a high, an HSS and, and doing that. Hmm. High sensation seeking means, and it can be, again, a, a lot of times it's called sensation seeking. It's also called novelty seeking, okay? Um, so that's another area that might resonate more with, with other people. It means to have a strong tendency to seek out new, intense, or very complex experiences, very deep, intense. That could be physical experiences. It could be external, and it can be internal also in terms of emotions and experiences. And people are drawn to kind of that dopamine hit of what's giving them a new feeling, a new sensation, or a type of experience. So it's around newness, novelty, I was thinking about this, you know, I knew we were going to be discussing this, and I was thinking who, like some celebrities or people that are well-known so people could kind of identify. One would be the late Anthony Bourdain. Yes. He would be a perfect example of that. Um, A lot of singer-songwriters are uh, Alanis Morissette. Richard Branson is one. There are several people you'll, you'll find that kind of are maybe extremists in what they're doing. Somewhere there's an extreme side to it. To some extent, um, I think that we all crave complex new experiences. You know, we like new restaurants, so it's like, you know, tech gadget or trends. I mean, that newness feeling, I think, tugs at everyone to a certain, you know, degree. And then there are people who are the more thrill seekers in terms of, like, rock climbing and mountain climbing and, you know, scaling buildings and and all of that. Mm. For me, and also for a lot of HSPs, it shows up in novelty, challenge, new people, new conversation, deep, intense conversation, and, of course, travel. Mm. Okay. And Mm -hmm. then talk about the HSP. Yes, the HSP, people, um, and there's a little bit of a crossover there, and you might be able to elaborate a little bit more on that, because, I mean, you're the expert in this area. You know, highly sensitive people are people who are empathic, who are intuitive, who feel deeper and and more intensely than other people. And the fact that you're both, Mm -hmm. that's rare? You know... It's interesting. It's, it is somewhat rare. And there's a couple of people, if anybody's interested in reading more about it or looking that up, Dr. Tracy Cooper is one and Dr. Elaine Aaron, A-R-O-N, PhD, who has been studying highly sensitive people for, my gosh, over like, like 30 years. And I wish I would have known about it 30 years ago. You know, reading her work and her books, and her research and study was completely life-changing for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think once once we find out that person or, you know, and it, I've always, I have always been kind of that personality type junkie. 
And we've talked about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've always, I mean, I, I was certified in Myers-Briggs and I loved it. There was nothing more. I mean, I would do it for free. It was mm-hmm. one of those things where it's so much fun to go into an organization or a company or a group of people and do that, right? And do that testing and helping people find out who they are and how could they can better work with each other and getting along. I just found it fascinating. So that was a deep area of of kind of that passion area for me. But I have to, you know, I have to say for, I would say the first four decades of my life, I was convinced that there was something very wrong with me. You know, you know, and I think that is, I think people who are introverts often feel that way. And people who are high sensations, you know, we feel things more deeply around me, right? Often I can process other people's emotions, and sometimes it's overwhelming. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I wanted to get into the HSS a little more and talk about Mm -hmm. how it relates to when we first met. You shared how you were living all across the country and around the world (laughs) and doing something for man's best friend. And so Mm -hmm. I want you to explain that because I had never heard of it and I was just so impressed. Like, you just kind of created something that helps you and helps others. So can you tell us about that and how it it evolved and how you Mm managed that as an introvert? Sure. Yeah, it was certainly nothing that I had planned. It was kind of created, you know, from, you know, by the universe for me that I had no idea it even existed. Um, I had lived in the traditional conventional work world and life lifestyle for so many years and never felt like I fit in. You know, I knew there was a restlessness within me. I was constantly changing jobs, relationships, areas. I was changing because I was thrilled about like finding out more, learning about new things. And it was just this constant restlessness. And I think like many, many of us who jump out of our conventional lives in one way or another, I just kind of burned mine down to the ground, you know, just it had to be gone. But, you know, for many of us, it comes from a place of deep pain. You know, a lot of times it can be like trauma or dissatisfaction or hurt or, you know, a number of things. But it often comes from that pivotal place. Um, and that's kind of where I was at. I was, you know, just entered my 50s at that time and nothing was working anymore in terms of my life. And it wasn't just the job or it wasn't any of that. And and I and I really and I needed the whole thing to change. I needed everything to change. One of the things that that I first changed in terms of my career was stepping away from that employer employee relationship. I had never done that before. So that was a big, bold move. And I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. I didn't have like a business plan or or anything like that. And, you know, but I knew I could, you know, there were a lot of things I could do. And so I kind of hung up my digital shingle out there and very quickly it became something. But again, it was like, where am I going to live? How am I going to support myself? It was like, I hadn't planned any of that. And, And it fell into my lap about destination house and pet sitting. And it was truly my Oprah aha moment. You know, I was talking to a client in Toronto who was applying for an Airbnb position. This is when Airbnb was first new. And I was already into that space. And I asked her and she said, oh, I rent out my house. I don't even live in it. And I said, where do you live? And she said, 
oh, I'm a luxury house and pet sitter in Toronto. And I thought it was the angels were singing. And and I just, it was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what that is, but I'm doing it. And I just jumped, I jumped into it and it just became something very quickly. And it really kind of fit in with the rest of my life, how I had been living my life in terms of, I kind of, I'm one of those people that loves to jump in at beta. I was one of the first Uber riders in Miami. And, you know, I love that space, that new space. So it, it just kind of fit in. So right now, as I think you mentioned, I'm in, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And because of COVID, I'm not able, you know, we're not able to do travel the way we were, move around. And I tried to plant my feet for a few months and I really got restless and I also got very, very bored, Mm -hmm. which is something that high sensation people suffer from boredom and it wasn't going to work for me. And I found that, you know, and I knew in my heart that travel can be anywhere. You don't have to leave the country or your city to travel because it's not measured in miles, it's, you know, Mm -hmm. by experience. And so, Mm -hmm. and adventures. An adventure, so I jumped on board. So I know when we talked, I think you were doing the luxury pet and house sitting for like a year or so. You told me you hadn't paid rent or mortgage, and you were just living in all of these people's homes for like a year. Right. So okay. for eight years. Wow. And then now, <laughs> and so now you I'm are still again. adventurous. You are still you're exploring the neighborhoods of Chicago. And so every week or every month, you're emailing or texting me saying, okay, Jerry, I'm in Bronzeville. I'm in Pullman. I'm in Pilsen. And I I just love that. I'm amazed by by all of that. And how does that work for you? And and you talk about yourself as having this wanderlust. Is that part of it? And can you explain that? Sure, that, that wanderlust, and I have found that it is actually a genetic trait, a characteristic. Is it? This is my, yes, and which was like the most healing moment of my life, as you can imagine. You know, so just like my blonde hair and blue eyes, my my wanderlust is, is the same way. It's something that lives within us. So no wonder I, I haven't been able to change you know, because like I said, I, I really felt there was something very, very wrong with me. You know, it's it's not a normal feeling, right? Or it's not, a, not, I should say, it's not a normal kind of lifestyle behavior to constantly want to change and move around, yeah. you know? And so, yeah. So <laughs> I that's genetic. That. How do you test that? How do you know that you have this? Well, it's not a test. If if you read more of the stories like Dr. Elaine Aaron, they have okay. found that it is actually there is a, a genotype. Okay. And and it's found not only in humans but in animals as well. I think mm-hmm. I think like fifty different animal and fish, you know, species. When you think about it, it is about like kind of the survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. You know, there always has to be a species, right, who is a little bit more intuitive, sense yeah. danger, yeah. an animal, somebody who goes out into the wilderness to explore, you know, to new places, new areas. It's it's actually so it is actually something that, that like I said, that you know, certain animals have and fish and, and people too. And about thirty percent of highly sensitive people 
are also high sensation seeking. Mm. And what's interesting, I think you'll find this very interesting, is that over 90% of high sensation seeking individuals are introverts. Mm. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting because I wouldn't consider myself as seeking sensation. I mean, I love to travel. That's my thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I love it, but I'm, I don't consider myself, I think, adventurous in the traditional sense where I'm not climbing, jumping off a mountain or anything like that. So, but I do like the newness of restaurants and different things like that. And I, my thing is going into a new city. It can be anywhere. You know, yeah. I, I remember going to Lincoln, Nebraska for a job and I absolutely loved it and was on the campus of the university. And that really is my thing. That jazzes me up. But I don't see myself as I look at you and you. I'm completely boring, you know, in relationships. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't, you know, I don't think we should compare that way. And that's one reason that I tend not to tell my story as deeply or, or craft a, a tight narrative around it because I want other people to be able to see themselves in that also. Mm-hmm. But one of the things, you know, that I know how much you, you enjoy that experience of deep conversation mm-hmm. and going there. Like mm-hmm. you and I can go there, right? Yes, for hours. There no, for, <laughs> for hours and mm-hmm. kind of no filter. I like to step into an uncomfortable zone emotionally mm-hmm. and socially. That is one thing that I have I have no shame about. I'm very comfortable with it. I enjoy it. And I find other people enjoy it too, whether it's an Uber driver or a host that I'm staying. I go there with real conversation. Mm-hmm. I know that you and I are both the same and introverts as well. We don't do small talk. Mm-mm. No, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, forget it. I mean, I can't. I, I don't have the, the tolerance, the patience, or, you know, any of that. Mm-hmm. So we have real conversations, and I think that's one of the things that has been where it fits into what I'm doing, my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And how do you, as an adventurer, and you've been all mm-hmm. over the world? Primarily, so- I haven't been around the world that much. I yeah. would consider no, I'm not an international traveler. Okay, so um, we're- I'm around the country. My sweet spot where I have found my bliss has been right here in the United States within all of the complete landscape of our country, mm-hmm. the social, cultural, you know, space of our particular country. So that is my, that's my travel zone. Mm-hmm. Have you been to all states? All of our No, I have not. Okay. I haven't been to Nebraska. Okay. I have not been to South Dakota, North Dakota. I haven't been to Texas. So there's some places Texas. I haven't been. Girl, yeah. you haven't been to Texas? <laughs> I haven't. We need to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. with all of your travels, you've seen a lot. You've experienced a lot. You've completely mm-hmm. immersed yourself into these neighborhoods and into these mm-hmm. uh, spaces how do you determine, like, okay, I'm happy, I'm going to stay here, I'm going to, like, because sometimes you'll tell me you're, you're staying someplace for a week, and right. then you'll tell me you're staying someplace for a month. How do you determine that? Are you, 
think looking at all of the factors, I know we've talked about you've experienced food deserts now. You've been on the south side of Chicago, and you were kind of blown away about what you did not have access to in some of our south side neighborhoods. But how do you determine what works for you and what you like and, like, this is, I'm asking you so many questions. I'm sorry. Um, no, I And, like, it. just today you told me you love Pilsen. How do you figure out, like, this is it, this is right for you, and, and all of that? Mm-hmm. No, that's a good question. I'm glad you're bringing this up because this is an area I, I really do want to talk about because, for me, there is no grand plan as far as how long I'm going to stay somewhere, how long, short, any of that. That is, that is just... Uh, it's always changing. And a lot of times it has to do with the location or um, sometimes my budget or kind of where I want to be. It's always changing. But one of the things that, and I I just want to say that living on the south side of Chicago where I have been for since August, basically, right? I've been, I've been, I've lived in across six different neighborhoods of Pullman, Chatham, you name it, right? Hyde Park, Bronzeville, all over. It is exhausting, okay? It is exhausting living. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. I love it. But it's very hard. It's difficult. It's difficult to get from point A to point B, grocery shop, all of those things. It can be expensive. It's exhausting. And it's not as comfortable, even though I love it. One of the things that's like... You need to see a place, right, for what it is. And we've talked about this because I'll, I'll say, oh, what about this, you know, neighborhood? What about that, right? We think we know, but we project so much onto neighborhoods, especially with, you know, with crime, with violence, with poverty, you name it. It sits in, in, in our minds and we don't really know. Travel has been kind of like my personal, like, luminol, you know, for this like unconscious bias and the prejudice that lives within all of us, no matter how evolved, enlightened, awoke. Because I think I myself as the most woke, enlightened person. I've been doing this journey right now, you know, for, for a long time. And I know right now what's going on, you know, within our country, within our world, with the, with the violence and the murders and, and everything that's happening you know, it's it's sort of, I don't want to say a new topic, okay, for white people, but it is, right? It's kind yeah. of like this, you know, this new touch point. It's not new to the black community. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, my experience of, you know, taking the Greyhound bus across the deep south for two years, wow, that could be in a book in itself. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like if you want to see where your hidden bigotry and narrow-mindedness lies, travel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we're sitting in that our own little comfy corner of the world that we mm-hmm. carefully carved out, you know, because we're all conditioned to, to, to seek that in life, the stability, the comfort, the things, all of that. But we're, we're sitting there, we can read about people, places, right, and injustice, and the brutality. We can watch it. We can we can understand it. We can learn about it, and we can even have a voice in it. But it's not going to change you. It's not going to change anyone by sitting there and 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 doing that. You can bring awareness, but at the end of the day, out of sight, out of mind. And and yeah. when I'm saying that, I'm speaking from the perspective of 
a white woman with privilege, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And, you know, that's the hard, cold truth about about it. Yeah. If you don't feel it, it's not real. You got to feel it and get uncomfortable. Yeah. And to be pissed off and to be angry, enraged. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert in social justice by any means. I don't, you know, project. But what I found across the eight years of, of this journey of mine is that's really where the change has come from for me. That I mean, I know what like we talked about the food deserts. When I was in a community um, way down in the in deep south side of uh, of Chicago, this was right between the two looting episodes when the Walgreens and the grocery mm-hmm. stores were closed. Remember yeah. that? And yeah, you know, and you couldn't right? get to a Walgreens, or you couldn't get something. I couldn't get to the grocery store, and an Uber driver it cost me twenty six dollars to take an Uber to a Walgreens in West Coleman and she said that she said you're gonna to need to go to shop here. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I came home with, you know, corn dogs and spaghettios, right? And that's the reality of it. Yeah. You know, and I was hungry. I mean mm-hmm. I needed some food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the end I did have to like get into the cart and get a few groceries. But of course then the power went out and that was that took me into a different journey. Yeah. But, you know, when you do live live like other people do within their community, whatever that is, that's when you that's when you feel it. You've got to walk in somebody else's mm-hmm. shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really understand it to feel it, yeah. You really you really do. And that's what I think that's where that anger, that rage and I still have a tremendous amount of rage and anger about Greyhound bus travel and what that is like for people, people of a different economic class, or it is meant for, you know, and how people are treated, myself included. And I, and, and so that is, that's really where my experiences are. Well, thank you for sharing all of that, Belinda. And we have talked so much. We are out of time. But I do want to ask you, do you have any advice for our listening audience, for introverts, extroverts, HSPs, HSSs. <laughs> you know, I think it. I I think my 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 advice, you know, to to everyone, but especially people that are high sensation seeking and people who are introverts, is to be true to yourself in terms of your career, your lifestyle, relationships, and if if we spend our life trying to fit in to someone else's narrative, to live in somebody else's life. Or the way, or the should-ofs and the could-ofs. We're wasting so much time, and being inauthentic is really exhausting. Mm-hmm. You know, so to be true to yourself. Thank you, Belinda, for sharing your story, spending time with us, and we'll have to catch up and and talk about some other. Oh, stuff we have so much about. more to talk about. <laughs> thank you so much, Jerry, and thank you to the listeners. It's been a a real delight. An honor and a privilege. Thank you. Enjoy Hush Loudly. Please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to us. Did you know Hush Loudly has t shirts? 
Yep, show the world you're an introvert without saying a word. We also have t-shirts for the extroverts in our lives who need us. Go to hushloudly.com slash shop. If I leave here tomorrow 